Well, good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ for our very special family worship Sunday where we're going to let our boys from our children's church take over and run our service this morning. So thank you so much for being with us, whether you're here live in the auditorium, you're in the courtyard, or you're part of our live stream audience. We are truly blessed by your presence today. That's all I have for you for announcements this morning. And as we get ready to launch into our morning worship, I'm, I'm going to invite my son, Lucas, to go ahead and open us in a word of prayer. Thank you, God, for my and daddy, for our families. Thank you, God, for my and daddy, for our food. And thank you for our son. And, and thank you, God. Amen. Amen. We want to invite you to go ahead and stand and join us as we begin our worship time. I will be reading from Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for our many blessings, and please help our church service go well today. And please help us learn more about you, and please help our church grow. Please be with our leaders and our missionaries like Mr. Raja. Please help us demonstrate your love to others, and please... Let our church grow and heal our land. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. It is now time for our communion service. During the time of the coronavirus, there are many things that we had to sacrifice. We had to sacrifice going to amusement parks, sports games, and many fun places we wanted to go. I had to sacrifice going to school and having to do everything online. And uh, I was never able to hang out with my friends or get to see them. The biggest sacrifice of them all was when Jesus died on the cross to sacrifice himself for our sins. In Luke chapter 23, verses 32 through 43, it reads, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the school, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And their clothes, and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are gained what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus died on the cross so that each of us will have a chance of eternal life with him in heaven. We do this to remember the sacrifice he made for all of us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together in person or at home to remember your son who died for us on the cross, 
Right now, as we take this bread that represents your son's body, broken on the cross, we ask that we take it with our thoughts on you so that you are pleased. In Jesus' name, I send the prayer. Amen. Let's pray for the fruit of the vine. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you again remembering Jesus' sacrifice. We now take this fruit of the vine that represents Jesus' bloodshed for us on the cross. We again ask that we keep our minds on you as we take this communion. In Jesus' name, I send the prayer. Amen. Good morning. Today's offering involves giving. That involves sacrifice. That is the main objective of offering. Sacrifice things to people in need. That is what God wants us to do. You can act on that by giving to those in need with a cheerful heart. Jesus, when he came to earth, gave us all of his love and all of his wisdom. But most importantly, gave it through happiness. We want to be just like Jesus by giving like he did. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you give to us, and hopefully we can pass on your love to everyone during these difficult times. Just help us to give like your son Jesus did, and that we can be just like him. In Jesus' name, I send the prayer. Amen. Today's scripture reading is Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Good morning. Welcome to family worship today. I'd like to thank the young men for doing such a great job this morning and leading us in worship. As a reminder, every fifth Sunday this year, we're going to be having a family worship. And we're excited about the next one. It's on Sunday, August 30th, and that's Promotion Sunday. So we have about five students that are going to be promoted up from the children's program to the youth program to work with Aaron and Michael. We're also going to have all the children up here on the stage to sing songs of praises. They've been working on some songs with Miss Jessica. So mark your calendars for that Sunday. Today we're going to center our worship around sacrifice. That seems appropriate as we're celebrating Memorial Weekend this weekend. For many Americans, this is a bittersweet holiday. We know that many have sacrificed their lives for us. We know that many have fought and are fighting for our freedom. Our freedom has been purchased by the blood of others. In World War II, there was an officer by the name of John Robert Fox. John's platoon was in Italy fighting the Nazis, and they were in a village in Tuscany when they were starting to get run out by the Nazis. The Americans had to retreat. So John found a house to hide in, and it was on the second floor of that house where he communicated with the American soldiers. He would look out the window, and he would listen, and he would find areas within the village that needed to be fired upon. It was there that he noticed a lot of Nazis were surrounding the block in which he was hiding in. 
So he called in for an attack on his exact position. The American gunman said, John, I think you're making a mistake. You just called in an attack for yourself. And John simply said, there's more of them than us. Fire it. The Americans launched a successful attack, and they were able to take back the village. They were also able to recover John's body. He was later awarded a Medal of Honor. It means something special when you sacrifice your life for the greater good. But if you think about it, it wasn't just John that sacrificed on that day. It was his parents, his wife, his children, his fellow soldiers, his friends, his church family. And I would guess that there's probably some of you here today that have sacrificed both directly and indirectly for our freedom. As Christians, we know that we've also been blessed by that great sacrifice. Landon and Tyler spoke about it this morning. Our Heavenly Father sacrificed His own Son so that we could live with Him again in heaven. Our Savior, Jesus, sacrificed His own life so that we could have forgiveness of sins. Sacrifice means something. And I think we would all agree that we've been truly blessed, that our lives are better because the sacrifice that's been made for us from God and from soldiers as Americans, we have freedom. So today, when we talk about sacrifice, we're not just going to talk about giving up our lives as far as dying. But how do we sacrifice things that are important in our life for the good of others, for the greater good? In Romans 5.8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for our greater good. But what does it truly take to sacrifice? How do we do it? It may seem simple, but it can be very challenging. And I want to look at three traits. There's probably many traits for sacrifice, but today we're going to focus on strength. It takes strength to sacrifice. We're going to talk about priorities and order. It takes priorities to sacrifice. And we're going to talk about commitment. It takes commitment to sacrifice. One of the greatest examples of sacrifice in the Bible, in my opinion, one that took strength, is found in Genesis. We see Abraham and Sarah, they had been promised children. In fact, God told Abraham that Sarah would be the mother of nations. They wanted to have children, yet they were getting very old. Sarah was almost 90 at this point, and still no children. God ended up blessing them with a son named Isaac. I'm sure they were very happy. Think about it. You want something really badly from God. You pray about it. It's the thing you want more than anything. And he finally blesses you with that. So now they have a son. But then God talks to Abraham. And he asks Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Can you imagine? As a parent, I can't even imagine doing something like that. That takes a lot of strength. 
However, Abraham was faithful to God. Abraham had strength. So Abraham took Isaac up to a mountain, and it was there that he built an altar. He placed wood on it for a burnt offering, and he placed Isaac on top of that altar. And there he took out his knife, and he proceeded to get ready to kill his own son. Let's pick the story up in Genesis 22, verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. This was a test. This was a test from God, but one thing that we need to remember is Abraham didn't know at the time it was a test. He went into this with eyes wide open. He was fully prepared to sacrifice Isaac for his heavenly father. That kind of sacrifice can be hard, right? And I feel bad because I have a hard time with the easy sacrifices in my life. The simple things that God's asked me to do. I have a hard time with that sometimes. It takes strength to sacrifice. But I love this story because it also talks about priorities in our life. I'm sure Isaac was a priority to Abraham. I'm sure he was important to Abraham. But the number one thing in Abraham's life was God. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. God's not asking that we kill ourselves for him, that we end our lives. He's asking that we turn our lives, that we turn our hearts and minds over to him. He wants to be number one in our lives. He wants to be the priority. And we've been called to lead a life that's holy and pleasing to God. Sometimes, though, we want our cake and eat it too, right? We want God in our lives. We want to go to heaven, but we want to have fun while we're here on earth too. Two stories that illustrate this is Adam and Eve being one. When I think of them in the Garden of Eden, they had the perfect life. When I envision Eden, I think about rolling hills with grass and beautiful trees and bushes, lots of fruit and flowers. And then I envisioned a river that goes through it, just perfection, no trials and tribulations. They had the perfect life, and they were able to walk with God. Yet they wanted something more. That wasn't enough. God wasn't number one in their lives. They became number one. We look at the Israelites. The Israelites had a tough life. They were in slavery. Yet God sent the plagues. They saw the power of God firsthand. They knew who the true God was. They saw his power. Yet they wanted more. It became 
more about them than it did God. And today, if we're being honest, don't we kind of live our lives that way sometimes? We've seen the power of God. We know the story. We know how the story is going to end. We know what God expects. Yet, our attention goes elsewhere. Sometimes we want other things in our life. Sometimes it can become more about us than the true sacrifice that we've been called to, to live. Jason Clark, an elder here, calls us the Burger King generation. If you're familiar with Burger King, their slogan is, have it your way. Everyone today wants to have it their way, right? It's about me. I want to be happy. I need to enjoy my life. And while there's nothing wrong with having fun, remember, we've been called to sacrifice our lives to God, live a life that's holy and pleasing to God. And when we want it our way, when we, we become selfish, when we become number one over God, if we're not careful, we could ruin our relationships. We could ruin our marriages. We could ruin our children's lives. We need to put God first. God must be the priority in our lives. I'm going to talk to the parents for a moment. I was blessed with amazing parents growing up. My dad would give me the last $20 out of his wallet. And as his son, I would gladly take the last $20 out of his wallet. But it takes sacrifice to be a parent, right? I see some parents nodding their head, yes. We, we learn at an early age it takes sacrifice. The minute the baby comes home from the hospital, we sacrifice sleep. We sacrifice our jobs. We sacrifice our attention. We sacrifice a lot for our ch children. And we sacrifice money. We sacrifice a lot of money. But the question I asked myself when I was preparing this lesson was, am I sacrificing the right way? I know I'm sacrificing. There's no doubt about that. But am I sacrificing for God? Am I teaching my children that God is number one in our lives? Am I sacrificing for their spiritual lives? Or am I sacrificing for their satisfaction? About two years ago in children's worship, we were talking to the children about this very subject. And I asked them the question, What's important in your life? What takes up a lot of your attention? What's a priority? School's a priority, they said. We go to school so long. We go to school way too long. But school's a priority in their life. Sports is a priority for some. Hobbies was a priority. Relationships, meaning having play dates, their friends coming over, their relationships was a priority. Electronics, that's a huge priority today. And social media, that's a priority, right? And they were talking about how much time they spend on all of these. Now, I love all these. I don't know how parents handle their children without electronics. It can be tough. And these can be important things. But sometimes we put more priority on these things than we do our Heavenly Father. And we have to be careful. When I was growing up in Victorville, we had a family that lived there. And one of the boys was 
he was working hard to make the 84 Olympics. In fact, hello, Lucas. In fact, he had a great shot. He was this amazing athlete, 6'7", all muscles. He ran track. And he spent most of his time in Colorado training. And uh, he worked very hard. And he ended up getting beat out. He lost by a half a step to an athlete by the name of Carl Lewis. You might remember him. He went on to win eight gold medals in track. Probably the greatest track star of all time. And our friend was coming back to church. He was going to give the talk on Wednesday night. And I thought it was going to be a sad talk. Because he just missed out on his dream. And he came back and he told us a story. He said, you know, when I got to Colorado, I laid down the law with them. I told them, I don't run meets on Sundays and I don't run meets on Saturday afternoons or evenings. That's when I worship. I cannot run during those times. And he got plugged into a church family there. And he actually grew while he was there. Because it wasn't just about the Olympics for him. It was about his personal growth. It was about his relationship with his Heavenly Father. Well, the other athletes in the camp made fun of him. They would call him church boy because he was always missing important races just to go to church. And when he got beat out by Carl Lewis, many athletes, he said, made fun of him and said, had you been at church or had you been on the track as much as you spent your time at church, maybe you could have done a little bit better. And he said, here's the point. I did it the right way. Making the Olympics was a priority. But God's my number one priority. And if you watch his parents, I see where he got that from. From the moment he was little, his parents were tough. Church came first. God came first. God was number one in their lives, period. And it wasn't that they didn't care about the other things. You don't get to the Olympic trials without putting a lot of work and effort into it. But he was grounded in his faith, and his priorities were in order. Here's a quote I wanted to read. Can our children watch us and see that God is the most important thing in our life? Or do we try to fit God and worship in when we don't have anything more important to do? Are we sacrificing for God? We sacrifice for our children's education, and that's important. We sacrifice for their hobbies, and that's important. We sacrifice for their physical and mental development, and that's important. But don't we want our children to live the type of life that God's called us to live? Don't we want our children to put God first? And this goes for all of us, right? I'm sure we're all guilty of falling short, of picking one thing over God. I'm sure we've all been there, right? We have priorities, and God's in that mix. He's just fallen to number two, number three, or number four in our lives. We need to think about how that makes God feel. How does that make us feel? The third trait is commitment. So I'm going to tell you something personal about myself. 
I've been trying to lose 30 pounds for the last 20 years. It's, <laughs> I just can't get there. I've lost 20 to 25 pounds many times, but my commitment level tends to go down about at that point. I'm over it at that point, and I've never reached it. Have you ever heard of Goo Goo Bars? They are amazing. I went to school at Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee, and that's where they're made, and I fell in love with these candy bars. If you haven't tried them, it's chocolate, caramel, peanuts, marshmallows. Just amazing. I could have them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But one thing I learned is I have to sacrifice these candy bars if I want to lose that weight. And you might say, Glenn, it's, come on, it's easy to sacrifice a candy bar, and it is in the beginning. But when you crave it, when you want it, when it's all you can think about in life, yes, you have to have it at that point, right? And I can't just eat one. I have to have many. <laughs> and aren't we like that in our life? We're dedicated. We're committed to something. But then we start to crave something else. And we start to think about it. And we start to want it. And our commitment falls apart. We tend to go in the other direction. We need, we need to stay committed to God. And one example that I love in the Bible that actually talks about both sides of commitment is found in Luke 22, verse 42. And here we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is a tough time for Jesus. He knows what's getting ready to come. He knows that he's getting ready to suffer. He knows he's getting ready to die. And he's a little nervous about that. And he's sweating drops of blood. And he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. Jesus is committed to see this through. If he wants to run, this is the time to run. This is his last chance. He could have gone out of town, but he was committed to do his father's will. It wasn't that he was excited about it, but he was committed. His priority was to his heavenly father. Let's look at the other side of commitment. The three apostles that Jesus took with him. He asked them to keep watch over him. The one thing he wanted them to do was stay awake and keep watch. That's all they had to do. But they couldn't even commit to that. They were exhausted. They fell asleep. They dropped the ball. They let Jesus down. We've been there too before, right? We're committed, we're all for God, but we fall asleep. We drop the ball. We don't keep our commitment. Sacrifice is important. We've been called to sacrifice our lives. We need to have the strength to sacrifice. We need our priorities in order to sacrifice, and we need to be committed to sacrifice. But what's the key driver? What's the reason why we want to sacrifice? And in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34, it says, And when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, 
they themselves gathered together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with a question. Teacher, which commandment is the greatest in the law? Jesus declared, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That's the driver of sacrifice. It's love, right? When you're a parent, you sacrifice because you love. When you want to do something for someone else, your neighbor, you sacrifice because you love. When you give up things in your life, you sacrifice because you love. And if we look at some of the stories we talked about today, John Robert Fox, he sacrificed his life for love of country, for love of freedom. My friend in the Olympics, he sacrificed for worship, his love for God. And when you look at the story of Abraham and Jesus, they sacrificed for the love they had for their Heavenly Father. They wanted to be pleasing to God. And God sacrificed his son because of the love he has for us. When we love, we want to sacrifice. It becomes easier. We've been called to sacrifice. We've been called to live a different type of life. We've been called to be holy. We've been called to put God first. If you have not been baptized, you haven't truly sacrificed your life for God. You haven't turned your life over to your Heavenly Father. Let me encourage you to do so. God's called you to do so. If you haven't been sacrificing in your life for whatever reason, come forward. Let the congregation pray for you. If your heart's been hardened and you don't have the love to sacrifice, let me encourage you to study the word. Read about the life of Jesus. And think about the sacrifices that were made for you. How Jesus died on the cross for you. This weekend, as we honor those that have sacrificed their lives for us, I want you to think about how are you sacrificing for others? And every week when we partake of the Lord's Supper and we think about that great sacrifice, I want you to think about how am I sacrificing my life for God? The message is yours. Let us stand and sing the invitation song. I surrender all. I surrender Thank you so much for being with us here for our very special family worship, which we do every month that has five Sundays. Can we just real quick, a nice round of applause for all the young men that were willing to get up here and do this this morning. 
They did a fantastic job, and I can tell you it's not always easy to get up here in front of a group of people and to speak, and I think each and every one of them did a fantastic job. We just want to remind you briefly uh, to join us on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for our adult Bible study, and then we'll be back here next week for both our children's worship and our regular worship service as we begin our new series on the one another passages. With that in mind, I'm going to ask my friend Valentino here to close us out in a word of prayer. Please bow your heads and pray with me. Our Father God in heaven, thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing us all together to church, Lord, to worship about to worship you. Thank you for dying for sending your son Jesus not to die on the cross for our sins and pay the price for them. We love you so much in your holy and precious name. Amen. amen. Let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves. Oh, he is my song. Oh,